At 11.25 a.m. on August 15, 1950, Nick Mariana, the general manager of the Great Falls Electric's minor league baseball team, and his 19-year-old secretary, Virginia Runnig, were inspecting the empty Legion Stadium baseball field before a game. The Electrics were a farm club of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Suddenly, a bright flash caught Mariana's eye, and, according to the report, they saw two bright silvery objects rotating while flying over Great Falls, Montana, at a speed he estimated to be 200 to 400 miles per hour. He believed that they were roughly 50 feet wide and 150 feet apart. Mariana ran to his car to retrieve his 16mm movie camera and filmed the UFOs for 16 seconds. The camera could film the objects in color, but could not record sound. Ronig also witnessed the objects and described the events in correlation with Mariana. The day after Mariana's sighting, the Great Falls Tribune, the city's daily newspaper, described his sighting and his film in an article, which was picked up by other media outlets around the nation. For several weeks after the sighting, Mariana showed his film to local community groups, including the Central Roundtable Athletic Club. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 3, Episode 13, The Mariana UFO Incident. This film was shot August the 15th, 1950. It was taken in Great Falls, Montana by Nick Mariana. Immediately after we were notified of the sighting, we sent an intelligence man to get a first-hand report. My name is Nick Mariana. For the past six years, I've been the general manager of a minor league baseball club called the Electrics. We play out of Great Falls, Montana, and are a farm club of the Brooklyn Dodgers. On August 15, 1950, at Legion Ballpark in Great Falls, Montana, after a couple of hours in the clubhouse office, I went up into the grandstand to call the groundskeeper. As I reached the top of the stairway, I glanced northward to the tall Anaconda Copper Company smokestack to check the direction of the wind from the white smoke. Force of habit, I suppose, because our outfielders use it as an indicator on defensive play. As I looked up, I saw two silvery objects moving swiftly out of the northwest. They appeared to be moving directly south. The objects were very bright and about 10,000 feet in the air. They appeared to be of a bright, shiny metal, like polished silver. Both were the same size and were traveling at the same rate of speed, which was much slower than the jets which shot by shortly after I filmed the discs. Suddenly, they stopped. It was then I remembered the camera in the glove compartment of my car. I raced downstairs, yelling for my secretary, Miss Virginia Ronnie. The distance from the top of the stairway to my car is about 60 feet, and I must have made that in about six jumps. I asked my secretary if she saw anything, and she said, yes, two silvery spheres. I unlocked the glove compartment of my car, took out the camera, turned the telephoto lens on the turret into position, set the camera at F-22, picked up the objects in the viewfinder, and pressed the trigger. The disks appeared to be spinning like the top and were about 50 feet across and about 50 yards apart. I could not see any exhaust, wings, or any kind of fuselage. There was no cabin, no odor, 
No sound, except I thought I heard a whooshing sound when I first saw them. As the film clicked through the camera, I could see the objects moving southeast behind the General Mills grain building and the black water tank directly south of the ballpark. I filmed the objects until they disappeared into the blue sky behind the water tank. After seeing the film, a reporter for the Great Falls Tribune called Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio and informed them of Mariana's sighting and the film. U.S. Air Force Captain John P. Brynoldson interviewed Mariana at nearby Malmstrom Air Force Base outside of Great Falls. When Mariana and Secretary Runnick both told him that they had seen two fighter jets pass over the baseball stadium shortly after the sighting, the Air Force captain felt that perhaps the jets were the objects Mariana had seen and captured on film. With Mariana's permission, the captain sent the film to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base for analysis. He told a reporter in Great Falls that he had picked up about eight feet of film from Mariana. However, in his message to Wright-Patterson, he said that he was sending approximately 15 feet of moving picture film to the base for study. According to UFO historian Jerome Clark, this discrepancy was never cleared up. How much actual film was there? Was something edited out of the original? At Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, the film was briefly examined and determined to be the reflections from two F-94 jet fighters that were known to be flying over Great Falls at the time of Mariana's sighting. Lieutenant Colonel Ray W. Taylor returned the film to Mariana with a cover letter stating that, quote, our photo analysis were unable to find anything identifiable of an unusual nature, end quote. They never said it was one of the F-94s either. Basically, they had no answer. According to Air Force officer Edward J. Ruppelt, who would become the supervisor of the Air Force's Project Blue Book investigation into the UFO mystery, in 1951, he said, there was no mystery, and it was all hysteria. After a quick viewing of the film, he wrote it off as the reflections from two F-94 jet fighters that were in the area. Nothing more, nothing less. Controversy soon arose when Mariana claimed that the first 35 frames of his film, which he said most clearly showed the UFOs as rotating discs, were missing. People in the Great Falls area who had viewed Mariana's film supported his claims. They claimed that the missing frames clearly showed the UFOs as spinning metallic discs with a notch or a band along the outer edges. The Air Force personnel denied this accusation. They claim they only removed a single frame of the film, which was damaged in the analysis process. But about 60 eyewitnesses to the unedited and original footage disagree. They clearly state they know what they saw and that now the footage has been cut. In January 1951, Bob Constantine a writer and UFO skeptic, wrote an article for Cosmopolitan magazine entitled The Disgraceful Flying Saucer Hoax. It debunked the most famous UFO sightings to that date, including the Mariana sighting and the film. Claiming the article implied that 
Mariana was a liar, prankster, half-wit, crank, publicity hound, and a fanatic, Mariana filed a lawsuit for slander against this author. The lawsuit was dragged out so much that it was eventually dropped in September of 1955. But more important things were occurring during the times lawyers argued back and forth. In July of 1952, Captain Ruppelt, who was involved in researching UFOs for the Air Force under Project Blue Book, was able to convince Mariana to let the Air Force see the film again for a more detailed analysis. Mariana reluctantly agreed, but only after requiring the Air Force to sign an agreement that they would not remove any frames from the film. The film analysis at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base concluded that the objects in Mariana's film were not birds, balloons, or meteors. It also found that the original conclusion, that the objects were reflections from the F-94 jets, was also ruled false. Ruppelt said, quote, The two jets weren't anywhere close to where the two UFOs had been. We studied each individual light, and both appeared too steady to be reflections. We drew a blank on the Montana movie. It was an unknown. End quote. At this time, I would like to introduce you to the show's sponsor, Healing TNGT. Healing TNGT is specifically formulated to help those with arthritis, joint pain, and inflammation, but it also has a lot of secondary benefits as well. If you suffer from rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, joint pain, and inflammation, and are looking for a natural, science-proven way to ease and even eliminate the pain and stiffness, Healing TNGT is a must. You can buy TNG Healing Tea on Amazon, and for our loyal listeners, if you order directly from the website, you will get not only your package of TNG Healing Tea, but also a free book valued at $12.99. Along with your order, you will receive from authors Jennifer Wilcox, Dr. Sorensen, and Haratu Kobayashi the very informative book, Heal Arthritis and Eliminate Joint Pain Naturally. Discover how to treat your arthritis and joint pain using a variety of doctor and healthcare professional recommended treatments. Learn what works and what does not, including the latest medications, alternative treatments, natural health supplements, the arthritis diet, pain-free exercise, and surgeries. You will learn about science-driven studies that prove you can overcome arthritis. This book will be made available to you free of charge when you order Healing TNGT. Simply shop online at Amazon, or if you would like to take advantage of the free book offer and free shipping, Order directly from the website. Ordering instructions will be in the show notes and on our Facebook page. This is a limited time offer, so do not wait. If you have arthritis and want to eliminate costly and often harmful medications, try TNG Healing Tea. Seriously, it is less than a bottle of pain medication and it tastes great. Again, you will get the free book, Heal Arthritis and Eliminate Joint Pain Naturally, with your order. 
and you will get free shipping. That is an incredible deal just for our listeners. Order TNG Healing Tea today. In January of 1953, the Air Force and CIA convened a committee of prominent scientists to examine the best cases collected by Project Blue Book. Called the Robertson Panel, after its chairman, physicist H.P. Robertson, it viewed Mariana's UFO film. The scientists judged that the objects in the film were, quote, reflections of aircraft known to have been in the area, end quote. So basically, the debunkers were debunked and then debunked again. The Robertson panel, acting scientific on the surface, was simply a large public relations campaign. The panel's study of the phenomenon was relatively casual, and its conclusions largely predetermined by the early CIA review of the UFO situation. The panel was designed to control information in the various military and intelligence communities so that those investigating or simply asking questions were deterred up front. Dr. Hynek, hired on by the military to study the phenomenon, said, quote, The Robertson panel had made the subject of UFOs scientifically unrespectable, and for nearly 20 years not enough attention was paid to the subject to acquire the kind of data needed even to decide the nature of the UFO phenomenon, end quote. In 1954, Green Rose Productions decided to film a documentary movie about the UFO phenomenon. They asked Nick Mariana for the rights to use his film in the documentary, and Mariana agreed. To analyze the film, they hired Robert M. L. Baker Jr., a scientist and engineer for the Douglas Aircraft Company. Baker completed his analysis of the Mariana's film in early of 1956, and concluded that the explanation that the objects were simply reflections from the F-94 jets was quite strained. In 1968, Baker testified before a congressional hearing on UFOs. He commented on his analysis of the Mariana film, quote, Preliminary analysis excluded most natural phenomena. More detailed study indicated that the only remaining natural phenomenon candidate for the Utah film was birds in flight, and for the Montana film, it was airplane fuselage reflections off the sun. After about 18 months of rather detailed, albeit continuous study using various film measurement equipment at Douglas and at UCLA, as well as an analysis of a photogrammetric experiment, it appeared that neither of these hypothesized natural phenomenon explanations had any merit." End quote. In 1969, Baker presented a paper at the AAAS UFO panel organized by Thornton Page and Carl Sagan. He discussed the Mariana film as well as other films and photographs of UFOs. Baker concluded that the Mariana film was unidentifiable. He emphasized the importance of improving the quality of photographic data before speculating about the nature of UFOs. Meanwhile, in 1966, the U.S. government established and funded a study of UFO phenomenon. Located at the University of Colorado at Boulder, the chairman, Dr. Edward U. Condon, a prominent physicist, the committee's researchers decided to reinvestigate Mariana's UFO film. 
the Condon Committee assigned two investigators to study the case. Dr. Roy Craig, a physicist who was generally skeptical of UFOs, and Dr. David Saunders, a psychologist who had long been interested in the Mariana UFO incident. Saunders and Craig soon added a new problem to the case. They were not sure whether the film had been taken on August 5th or August 15th, 1950. After interviewing Mariana, the two researchers came to different conclusions about the film. Craig remained skeptical of Mariana's claim that 35 frames had been removed from the footage. Quote, the comment I considered most significant, which Mr. Mariana, ex-secretary, made to me during a telephone interview when I pressed for information or beliefs regarding clipping of the film by the Air Force. The very hesitant comment was, what you have to remember in all this is that Nick Mariana is a promoter. That comment was adequate to close our conversation, end quote. The secretary later said she never mouthed those words. In his memoirs, Dr. Craig also wrote that, quote, I would not like to have to defend Dr. Saunders' conviction that the Mariana film is strong evidence that we have extraterrestrial visitors, end quote. However, David Saunders thought the Mariana film was a crucial case in the Colorado Project's case files. Impressed by Baker's analysis, Saunders was suspicious of the discrepancies over the missing frames at the beginning of the Mariana film. He was particularly concerned with reports that the first three seconds of the film that were missing clearly indicated the objects were spinning discs. He came to the conclusion that Mariana's film, quote, was the one sighting of all time that did more than any other single case to convince me that there is something to the UFO problem. End quote. Dr. William Hartman, an astronomer for the University of Arizona, analyzed the Mariana UFO film for the Condon Report as well. His conclusion was that, quote, past investigations have left airplanes as the principal working hypothesis. The data at hand indicate that while it strains credibility to suppose that these were airplanes, the possibility nonetheless cannot be entirely ruled out. There are several independent arguments against airplane reflections." End quote. Copies of Mariana's film currently reside in the U.S. National Archives, a pretty interesting place for scrap film of airplane reflections, wouldn't you say? Since Mariana's sighting, hundreds of other UFO sightings have been made in Great Falls, Montana making it one of the most active locations for UFO sightings in North America. In 2008, the minor league baseball team in Great Falls was renamed the Great Falls Voyagers in honor of the Mariana UFO incident. So why Great Falls, Montana? Why would there be an interest by extraterrestrials to this particular location? Why would the military be so interested in UFOs above and near Great Falls. Find out on our next episode of Unsolved Mysteries of the World. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. 
If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.